I want to speak today on the whole subject of a global shaking and awakening. I want to take this from Hebrews 12, verses 26 to 29, where it says, At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, Once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank and praise you again for the joy, blessing, and privilege to get it in your name, O God, in worship, in praise, and in prayer. And Father, we thank you, O God, for the word that is, you have given to us. Father, we pray you take your word, speak to our challenges, and draw us all in response. Father, I pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Well, I know this shaking that is taking place all of the whole world is shaking us to the very core of our being. And sometimes we wonder how long it's going to last, isn't it? So there's a sense of weariness, maybe despair for some of us. And we're just wondering how long it's going to drag on. I've even been asked by some people, is this COVID-19 sent by God? I myself don't believe so. Why? Because in a world that is fallen, we expect things to go wrong. Many things will go wrong indeed, isn't it? For example, there's earthquakes and thunderstorms and hurricanes and famines and all kinds of things afflicting all of us humankind. In a world that is sin against God and fallen, we expect these kind of things to take place besides human problems created to crime and thievery and everything else like this, isn't it? But whatever it is, friends, you know, the more important thing is this. What is the Lord teaching us in the midst of this global shaking? I think they're important lessons we must draw from because we must make sure that we don't allow any of these things to shake the core of our being that will shake our faith in Jesus Christ. Even the whole subject of vaccination, for example, against this COVID-19 virus. You know what happens? I tell people, good, could get vaccinated as soon as possible. As soon as any kind of vaccine is good enough, really, for all of us. But some people are not convinced that, oh, they should. I say, that's fine. We should respect one another for that. But never turn this into a divisive issue that as a result will break up the church, which we see in America, which is so sad, isn't it? Even the masking all right, of the face has divided churches in America. You know, friends, it is devil who wins the game at the end of it all. Get us all fight one another. We have no more energy left to touch the world outside. Friends, you know what happens? This vaccination issue is a minor issue for me. Let's go down to focus on the main issue, which I'm going to talk about, therefore. What is the Lord teaching us in the midst of this global shaking? Firstly, friends, God is teaching us the fragility of life. Why? And the best person to teach us about fragility of life is Moses himself, who lived 120 years old. And in Psalm 90 and in verse 3, Moses says, You turn men back to dust, saying, Return to dust, O sons of men. We are made from dust, and to dust we shall return. Moreover, further down, verses 5 and 6, Psalm 90, Moses writes further, You sweep men away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. Though in the morning it springs up new, by evening it is dry and withered. You see, friends, we come and go very quickly, very rapidly. Right? We are really very fragile. A small little unseen virus to the naked eye can knock us off. If I even right now. I've been battling and praying for a person I see because of COVID-19, friends. It reminds all of us, really, our human life, very fragile indeed. Not only that, it tells us, friends, about mortality of life. Again, Moses writes Psalm 19, verse 10. The length of our days is 70 years or 80 with the strength. Yet the span is but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. 
say generally for all of us, 70, 80 years, but of course, because of the improvement in medical science, we can live longer, 90, maybe even over 100 years, but whatever it is, friends, this life of ours is short, okay? We are mortal beings. And that's the reason why, friends, sometimes it's good to go to the cemetery to see for ourselves what life is all about. Some people, 80, 90, 100 years old, pass away. Some even much shorter, 30, 40, some even shorter, just a few months old. Friends, you know, it is good sometimes to go to a cemetery, but don't go there every day, of course. Friends, it is important as you walk grounds like this, it reminds us not to be a fragile beings. We are really mortal beings as well. A third lesson, friends, God is teaching us, I believe, is humility in life. You see, friends, in the midst of all this, we realize that we're not in control, all right? We're not in control of so many things in life. It must make us really more humble, isn't it? And I believe, friends, you know what? Here is a good example of King Nebuchadnezzar. He said to himself, see, I built this great city of Babylon and this amazing royal palace by myself, my strength, my power, for my glory. And you know what? God broke through and humbled him and turned him almost like an animal, right? Eating the grass like cattle as well as dew on his body, including that of his hair, grew like that of the, the feathers of eagle, including his fingers like claws of a bird, turning literally almost into an animal-like creature like this. And out of that experience, friends, Right, he turned to God in humility and at the end of the prayer to God, he says like this in Daniel chapter 4 and in verse 37. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the King of heaven because everything he does is right and all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. Those who walk in pride, God will humble. And that's a reality for all of us. And that's the reason, my friends, I believe you know what happens right now. Even the very, very strong vocal atheists are all keeping quiet now. Suddenly realize they're not in charge and control everything in life. A small little unseen virus can knock them off. Friends, you know, this is so important, you and I. And the important lesson that Apostle Peter teaches us is 1 Peter chapter 5, the second half of verse 5, where Peter writes, All of you, clothe yourselves in humility towards one another, because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. See, God is on the side of the humble. And therefore, when we are proud, we are on the opposite came from God. And that's not a place we want to be, isn't it? But friends, when we are humble, it draws the grace of God in a wonderful manner. We enjoy God's mercies, love, goodness, and favor. Honestly, I see this, for example, in the life of your senior pastor, Pastor Chu, as an amazing man of God, humble in so many ways, a man of wonderful stature. And yet, friends, you know, because of this humility and all that he exhibits in his life. He draws down really the grace and favor, goodness of God together with his wife. And that's what I believe, you know what, SIBKL is really blessed. And that's what it is for you and I, friends. A quality that's so important for all of us, humility in life, isn't it? Then fourthly, God is teaching us simplicity of life, isn't it? All right, and here Paul writes to us like this, Philippians chapter 4 and in verse 12. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to be, have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in what. You see, for Apostle Paul, in whatever his state or condition, he has learned okay, to be content, to be happy, to accept the situation he is in, and to be grateful and thankful, isn't it? And friends, you know what? This pandemic and global shaking has reminded us about the need for simplicity in life. For example, right in our home under lockdown, can't move around in most places to most places whatsoever. 
All right. What happens? All right. The clothes we wear, it doesn't have to be branded or have to be okay something that is well known, isn't it? Because who cares? Who knows about what we wear anymore? Like this, isn't it? So we learn to pare down our life and our lifestyle, in order that friends we can save, so that we can share and give and make it a blessing to many people around us. What a joy, blessing, a privilege, isn't it? That we learn to live simply, so that others can simply live, friends. But there's one final lesson God is teaching us, I believe, in this global shaking, which is that of urgency in life. Again, Moses reminds us, Psalm 90 and verse 12, teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. See, friends, here through it all, we must draw important lessons about having a real heart of wisdom as we journey through in this pandemic like this, in this global shaking, that increasing will be men and women of real wisdom, who knows how to live their lives well in such a manner that God will be honored and glorified, who maximize our time, our opportunities, and live with a sense of purpose and mission. And I believe, friends, you know what? This is so very important for all of us, isn't it? I remember just recently preaching in a church in North London. All right, at the end of the service, this senior gentleman walked up to me and said, Hi, Pastor Daniel. I believe you're talking to you. I'm so and so. I believe you're talking to me in your sermon. I said, No, I believe maybe God is speaking to you. And he said, You know what, uh, Daniel? I am actually the chairman of the church council. I'm 74 years old, chairman of the church council. But at the end of this year, 31st December, I plan to resign to hand over the responsibility to younger person or younger people to run the church. I played my part, done my fair share in the life of the church. I said, What are you going to do then? Well, each weekend I come to church, that's it because I've really contributed my fair share to the life of the church. I said, is that what you're going to do? Like that, at the end, just end up coming to the church on the weekend, that's all about you're going to do? My friend, never do this. Why is this the case? I told him, there are four great things in your life that God has blessed you with. What are they? Firstly, okay, your knowledge of Scripture that you've gleaned over the decades like this. Secondly, the gifts that God has given to you that is, you have honed as well, isn't it? Over the decades in serving, ministering in so many ways. Thirdly, your experience, which is so rich and wonderful. Fourth and finally, your wisdom, insights, discernment that God has given to you likewise, okay, that is garnered over the decades. These are precious things that God has given to you. Don't just lock it up and throw it away, your, the key away, as it were. My friend, you know, all right, you may pass over the response to younger people to run their show, yes. But journey with them, run with them. Take some of these on, mentor them. Pour your life into them, your gifts, your experience, your wisdom, and so many things, friends. It will be such great benefit to the body of Christ there in the local church you are part of, isn't it? And so, friends, that's what you and I must do, isn't it? Both Pastor Chu and I, we are in our 70s, in a blink of an eye, time has just passed on. Friends, you know, you and I must live with a real sense of mission and urgency to make sure our life is not wasted, squandered away. Because time moves on very fast. Life is short, time is precious. Let's maximize our time, friends. So as we live with a sense of urgency, we can look back one day, we gratitude and thanksgiving that God has used us in a wonderful manner. As much as, friends, these are the five important lessons I believe God is teaching us. How should we, friends, be awakened by the Lord in responding to this global shaking that God is undertaking and working through in our hearts and lives? What is the Lord awakening us to in this global shaking? Firstly, friends, it's about connection, right? They need to be connected with one another well. And so Apostle Paul writing Ephesians chapter 2 and in verse 19 and 20, verses 19 and 20, Paul writes, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. 
built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as a key cornerstone. Friends, you know, we are no longer foreigners and aliens, but we are fellow citizens and members of God's household. We are a family of God. And therefore, friends, we need to journey together. We need to be tightly connected with one another to make sure nobody falls through the cracks. And that's so very important for all of us to say. And that's the reason why, friends, belonging to a cell group is so important. You're not yet part of the cell group, SIBK. I know your senior pastor, Pastor Lee Chu, pushed really very, very hard about the need to belong to a small group, a cell group, so that we get a journey in a wonderful way by the grace of God. And so, friends, as we hold one another tight, joining hands and locking our arms, then we are journeying together, and by the grace of God, we pray that we'll finish well, isn't it? But it is in these, friends, that we will know how we are all doing. Are we okay or not okay? And that's so important, isn't it? One more thing I suggest you ought to do as we join hands and share concern and care for one another is the need to encourage one another. And that's how, friends, you know what? The writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 3 and in verse 13, but encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. See, we're to encourage one another daily, right? As today, not tomorrow or day after, today, right now, encourage one another. I want to urge you to encourage you likewise. Every day, try as much as you can to call someone, all right? And encourage a person, share how we can pray for one another, isn't it? All right? Because this is something we all need. Who doesn't need encouragement? I remember calling this gentleman, okay? He said, Pastor, is there anything wrong with me that you call me? I said, no, nothing wrong with you, all right? Maybe something wrong with me, that's why I call you. No, 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 all right? It's just to find how you're doing, okay? Is there food on the table for you? What about your health? Have you been vaccinated? Are you exercising yourself and doing all that is needful? At the end of the time of prayer, he was so grateful and thankful for this opportunity to be able to catch up to pray for one another, friends. Let's all do this. It's so important, isn't it, for all of us in the body of Christ as we seek to tightly connect with one another like this. A second important area is the challenge, right, that God is really reminding us about. What is that challenge? Apostle Paul writes like this about himself. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and in verse 8, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair. You see, Paul was really pressed in, in so many directions in his working ministry of the kingdom. In spite of the pressures and the problems, Paul says, I'm not crushed and I'm not in despair. And that is what is needed for all of us, friends. Why? Because in the midst of this pandemic, as we all know, as I tell people, there'll be increase of social, emotional, mental problems surfacing. Because we're not used to being under lockdown and under lock-in for such a long extended period of time, isn't it? Well, we not a sense of despair will come in. Sometimes depression, all right, as we go to this kind of challenge in our life that we have never experienced before. And that's what we are told, isn't it? The suicide rate this year has doubled compared to last year. Even these divorce rates, we are told recently, has skyrocketed, isn't it? That's a reality for all of us. So, friends, are we preparing ourselves to reach out to help other people who may be going through such kind of challenge? Why? Because if they don't have God in their lives, how much they need to know a sense of peace and quiet and security in God, isn't it? And sometimes, friends, can I say, it is not just with non-Christians. Sometimes even, even we Christians are faced with this kind of challenge, whether it's emotional, social, even if not mental problems. And so, friends, let's prepare ourselves to now to tackle this by the grace of God so that we help one another and help the others right out there in the world around us. A third important thing is compassion. 
that you and I must show. And here, Matthew tells us in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, about the Lord Jesus Christ. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because of harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. See, when Jesus saw the crowd, his heart went out to them. My goodness, they've been harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Friends, you know, can I say during this global shaking and pandemic, sometimes we think we are bad, but there are many more out there who are much worse off than we are, especially the B40 group, the below 40% of the social ladder in our nation. Okay, the migrant workers, the refugees, okay, the daily wage earners, roti seller, ice cream seller, okay, hawker stall owner, many of these friends, right, they are living almost from hand to mouth as it were. Friends, you know, there's so much needs around and you and I are called by God to show compassion towards these people. For example, here in DUMC, we started a free food distribution program for two and a half months. Anybody come and pick up ready-cooked food and they can pick up as many packs as they like. No questions asked as why you took so many. Why? Because every pack goes to a hungry stomach. Friends, can I say, it is not just the non-Christians out there, the B40 others who come. Christians come as well. And some come in fairly decent cars with a decently dress to show to us, friends, that this pandemic has hit even the middle class. And some of these from different churches have come. We count the joy and privilege to serve them and be a blessing to them, friends. And that's a reminder to all of us to reach out to show compassion, the love of Christ in a wonderful manner. Fourthly, friends, all right, God is also reminding us about to respond as community in what sense? Right, this is what Jesus reminds us like this, friends, in John chapter 10. And in verse 16, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. See, friends, the community that Jesus is reminding us is not just within the local church. Jesus is telling us that they're out there where I want you to take the church too. You see, especially right now as we're gathering and getting ourselves ready to try to bring people back to church. I believe one of the key lessons. God is teaching about this pandemic is the church is not in here. The church is out there. Take the church out there, isn't it? Because, friends, the reality is this. Whatever we do from now onwards, we will never get back 100% back to church again. And so, friends, a reminder, take the church out there. But we are not to pastor our own local church, our own church members. We are to pastor the community, right? The city, indeed, if not even the country, friends. That's a call and responsibility. Why? Because Jesus reminds us there are sheep out there. They're still not part of my sheep pen. I want you to bring them in. And talk about this free food as well. I'm every day down there connecting with people who come. They come from the whole Klang Valley, all kinds of places they come. And it's a joy privilege to be able for us to serve them, to connect with them. And I see my role in that regard, really, that I'm there pastoring the community. And what a joy privilege to connect with so many, many of these non-Christians, friends. And what a blessing to see how they are doing, hear their story, and pray for them as well, and see the grace of God at work uh, in their lives like this. Friends, you know, we are not just to pastor our own church people. Friends, I believe the challenge is we are called as a pastor the community, the city where God has put us in. So the friends, in that process, we will draw many, many more into His kingdom, which is our joy and delight in it for all of us like this. But there's one final thing, friends, that we are reminded about this in this global shaking and awakening. What is this? The final seeds of a commitment that you and I ought to be making like this, okay, as the body of Christ, as a people of God. And Hebrews chapter 12 again, verses 28-29, reminds us like this. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, 
Let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is consuming fire. See, friends, we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. What is this? It is a kingdom of God, isn't it? You and I know this is the everlasting kingdom. It is a kingdom that will prevail forever and ever. So invest in something that is everlasting, and that's so crucial and important. Now, I know your church has been blessed because Pastor Joe has just taken you all through the book of Revelation, isn't it? And he painted a wonderful vision and picture of the new heavens, the new earth, when Jesus comes to rule and to reign. That you and I, as part of the people of God, will ever share in this amazing rule and reign of the Lord Jesus Christ like this. The new kingdom, the kingdom of God, that Jesus Christ is building, the everlasting kingdom. And so the reminder to all of us is this. Invest in something that will last, isn't it? Something that will carry on forever and ever. And that's so very, very important for all of us. In fact, this is what C.S. Lewis himself says like this. All that is not eternal is eternally useless. Isn't it? Anything that is not eternal is eternally useless. So invest in something that is eternal. And the one and only thing that is eternal is the kingdom of God that will never be shaken. Isn't it? And that's the reason why, friends, you must really double up. All the more so, is it? Reaching out to make Jesus known as much as possible. Because why? ultimately, friends, you know what? This is really at the heart of what we're here for, isn't it? Because even involved in doing missions in evangelism, sharing Jesus and making Jesus known, then what are we here for? We can be so busy, friends, can I say, with projects and programs and, and activities and so many, many things running so that we can be tired ourselves out in a process like this, isn't it? Friends, you know, it is so important to keep the main thing the main thing in the ministry and the life of the church, right? You and I must engage and involve in like this. And this is an amazing thing, friends. You and I can be involved in doing it. But there's one more thing. You know what, right? In the book of Revelation, we're told about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ as King, as Master and Savior and Lord and Judge of it all like this. But you know what? You and I can usher the early return of Jesus. There's one thing and one thing you and I can do that will quicken the return of Jesus. And it's an amazing thing, friends. Why? Because it's what Jesus himself said. In Matthew 24 and in verse 14, right, Jesus says like this to us, And this gospel of kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testament of all nations, and then the end will come. You see, when the gospel is preached to all the whole world, to all people groups of the world, and then the end will come. In other words, friends, when we double up all the more so to go all up to preach the good news of Jesus Christ, what happens? We draw the return of Christ earlier, isn't it? This amazing thing, friends, you and I can and should be doing. And that's why, friends, can I say the urgency of preaching the gospel becomes incumbent upon every one of us so that we maximize our time, our life, right, to connect, to share, to make Jesus known, and to draw men to the kingdom. Friends, there will be joy, celebration here on earth and also in heaven. So that one day in the new heavens, new earth, we'll have these people come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You know, sometimes I ask all right, people in a marketplace, how long have you worked in that company? Five years. How many people led to faith in Christ? None. None. Has he worked there for five years? You're not a single one to faith in Christ. How could it be? Right? Maybe you should re-examine yourself, your faith, are you excited really about knowing Jesus? Because if knowing Jesus is the best thing, how come you and I are not sharing? Sin. Maybe be prayerful, be intentional, and ask God to lead you, guide you. And I believe, friends, you know, God will answer that prayer. Because when our burden is for lost souls, 
He wants to intervene, answer the prayer for all of us and see the grace of God at work in a powerful manner. Let me close with this. Well, you know, this free food distribution program, there's a gentleman who came, all right, to our cafe here in Dream Center. But he was told, we're only starting our free food distribution tomorrow. He walked back to the car a bit dejected like this. When he heard about it, I dashed out, managed to grab him out from the car and bring him in. I said, my friend, right, you wanted uh, free food. He said, don't worry, let me buy for you. He said, okay, can you come in, come to a cafe? I said, what about your friend in the car? Because he was being driven off. Oh, can I buy one for you? He said, no, no, just one for me, that's fine. And he said, I said, can you wait for 10? What is it you like? Okay, fine, okay, whatever food, okay. All right, just, just order. Can you wait for 10 minutes? Sure, of course, I can wait. So in the places, orders were waiting. I said, by the way, what's your name? He said, my name is Mike, Mike, what, Mike Yap. I said, good to meet you, Mike Yap. I said, my name is Daniel Ho, Mike. All right, what happens is that I'm a pastor of a church. This is a church. Oh, this is a church. He didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, Mike, you know what? You are very special. Out of seven and a half billion people, God has brought you to meet a pastor. All right, you're really very special. So, Mike, you know what? Are you a Christian, by the way? He says, no, I'm not. He said, my family is. And I said, what about you? No, I'm not. I said, that's great, Mike. You know what? All right, you're so special. God has brought you here to this very place for me to be able to meet you, encounter you, and now share with you about Jesus, Mike. So I shared with him about Jesus. Okay, at the end of it, I challenged him, Mike. We let him trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He said, okay. What a joy, privilege, friends, for me to be lead him right, in this prayer of faith, to trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And you know what, friends? Not only Mike walked away with a free pack of food, he walked away knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of his life. And I told Mike, you come. We want to help you, disciple you, to grow in faith in Christ. He said, I'm a musician. I can help to play, right, for your music worship. I said, thank you, Mike, for your heart, your generosity. Yes, come and join us. We helped you along. So together, we'll be able not only to praise and worship God, but together we reach and touch many more. Jesus Christ in a wonderful manner. Friends, let's double up in these days and times, even in spite of the pandemic, friends, to seize every opportunity to connect with people, to make Jesus known, so that many be touched, changed and transformed, so that, friends, you know, there'll be great joy not only on earth, even greater joy in heaven, so that one day, friends, in new heavens, new earth, we're going to see one another, celebrating, rejoicing, ruling and reigning with Jesus Christ. What a blessing, privilege and honor, isn't it, that you and I can have like this. And so, friends, you know, I believe in this global shaking and awakening, God is teaching us, but also reminding us how to respond correctly, so that by the grace of God, we'll be able to really live a life that will count for Jesus and the honor and glory of His name and extension of His kingdom like this. Let us pray. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, even as come before God. Those of you listening in, if you're like Mike Yap, who has not taken the step of faith to trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want to lead you in this prayer if you'd like to. Follow out to me in your heart quietly even, because this God Almighty, who is an all-knowing God, knows when we pray this prayer sincerely and honestly. So would you follow out to me in this prayer if you'd like to. Lord Jesus Christ, I thank and I praise you for your love for me. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I believe you died on a cross for my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. Now come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Take control of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and your power. 
Give me your love, peace, and joy, and enable me to grow as a follower of Jesus Christ from today onwards. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, for those who break this prayer, seal it deep in every heart, every life, and bring this new birth and new life to pass. Enable this, Father, I pray, to be disciple in the fellowship of SIBKL even. Bless his precious ones, Father, I pray. And now, Lord, I pray for every one of us in SIBKL. Thank and praise you for this wonderful church, O oh God, and thank and praise you for Pastor Chu as well as Pastor Lee Chu's leadership of the church. Bless them richly as you lead the church on to greater heights, your honor for your glory. In all that the church seeks to do, Father, I pray, they continue to reach out to touch our change lives, transform, O oh God, many, many people in community and draw them to faith in Christ and build up, Father, I pray, a great community of God's people that touch the world for Jesus Christ. Bless each one of us, Father, I pray, in the lessons you are teaching us, but how to respond likewise, Father, right, in these days and times, so in this global shaking, that we will awaken on our part to seize every moment and make our life count for you, the purpose of the kingdom and the extension, oh God, of the church of Jesus Christ and the glory of your name. In Jesus' one full name I pray. Amen.